This podcast replay is brought to you by Craig Zins, Acura Pembroke Pines. Visit the number one volume Acura dealership in the Southeast United States 12 years in a row at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. All righty, Ira. How are you doing, my friend? You doing all right? Better than the heat. <laughs> yeah. 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 I see that. You know, before we get into the heat, I talked about this yesterday, and I don't know if you agree with me, and obviously it doesn't look like they're interested, the whole Goran Dragic thing. And uh, I read a report where Milwaukee now is the one that is interested in him. And I talked about this yesterday because obviously once he became available, the struggles of Lowry, hey, go get Goran Dragic. It kind of makes a lot of sense. And I, and I was one of those guys, but then I started to think about it the night before last, and I talked about it yesterday. And I said, the heat, there's no way they can make this move because it would only bring grief to them because if he's playing well or if Lowry's struggling and then you go to Goran Dragic and then you'll create even more tension between Lowry, the team, Butler, all this kind of stuff. I almost think that you might need Goran Dragic. He might be able to help you, but because of the internal stuff going on, this may not be the time to make a move for a guy like that because it might create some more tension in there than you already have. Your thoughts on that? Screw the tension. You, you've got to be able to have ambulatory and able bodies to do what you're doing. If Kyle Lowry is not available, look, he showed up in Philadelphia's hometown, listed as questionable, didn't play. Doesn't play on Wednesday night here in a critical home game against the Sixers. Already listed out as tonight for the Knicks, and it's the start of a back-to-back. I doubt if he doesn't come back tonight against the Knicks, he's playing Saturday against the Hawks. So you're talking about a player who hasn't played since February 2nd. Then you can go further and say, okay, Ira, but you have a backup point guard, a capable guy in Gabe Vincent. But Gabe's really fallen off a cliff. And sometimes, Big O, it's just a matter of asking someone to do more than their pedigree than than they can do. So it's maybe not a fault of Gabe Vincent. No one really said Gabe Vincent's an NBA quality starting point guard. They said he's a very nice piece in rotation. And there's no other point guard on the roster. So then you say to yourself, ah, no problem. Tyler Hero can handle it. Well, you know what? You add those responsibilities, and his shooting has been abysmal since the All-Star break. When you're asking a guy to go above and beyond, when he's still trying to really settle into that starting role also. So then you say, okay, we'll have Bam handled. Well, Bam's had a guard Joel Embiid in one game. His guard, Nikola Jokic, bigger centers. He doesn't need that on his plate. Then you say, throw it to Jimmy Butler. But you and I, all we're saying is Jimmy needs to score because no one else can. It's kind of crazy that during the All-Star break and buyout deadline, they got two big guys in Kevin Love and Cody Zeller and never addressed point guard. It's, you know, unless they thought the point guard options were so poor that there was no need to go in that direction. And let's face it, Goran did fall out of the rotation of a pretty bad Chicago Bulls team. He's not the player we thought he once was. No, of course not. But the fact that they haven't addressed point guard, and it's been sink or swim with Gabe Vincent now since February 2nd with Kyle Lowry out. Isn't this whole season about trying to give Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo their best shot? Yeah, yeah, but you're talking about what they should do. Well, apparently this is not that club anymore. It's, they don't do what they're supposed to do anymore. They do other things, like sign a 33-year-old point guard to a ridiculous contract, like dealing with the Deadman situation where you have to give up a second-round pick. 
So it's not, they're not, and, and that's why they accommodate their players more than anything else nowadays. Whereas, you know, Riley was a little bit more ruthless back in the day. I, I don't see that ruthlessness. And that's why I don't think they'll do that now. And that's why maybe we haven't heard anything of Miami and Goran Dragic. And then the next question is, who do you cut for Goran Dragic, right? And that's the other debate, uh, you know, amongst it. And again, are you hanging on to guys that really aren't that good? Are you well, really? You have two ways to go. And one of the guys, and like you mentioned, the loyalty is to a Hayward Highsmith. And look, he's been a terrific emergency fill-in when you've needed him. But now you're down to brass tacks and have to win in the moment. And yes, it is cruel and unfair for a guy who's busted his ass and done nothing but everything you've asked him to do. But like you said, it's a business. Godfather Pat Riley would approach things as it's a business. He would trade Eddie Jones if he had to. He would trade a young and upcoming Karan Butler if he had to. My whole point on this center point guard is this. I'm not worried about chasing mistakes. You keep talking when I come on here and have accurate Pembroke Pines reports about the bad Kyle Lowry contract, and I don't disagree. I'm just moving forward. I'm moving forward from Deadman. I'm saying to myself, in this moment right now, how can the Heat not give itself a better chance with at least one more point guard on the roster? I agree. Now, he's saying, I agree. Because we've got to make this work with Kyle Lowry. Screw that. Don't worry that he's, he's getting – But if they're not million. making the move, then what's the reason why? The reason why is trying to make it work, is trying to justify that Kyle will come back yet and will be on that white horse leading the Heat back to the playoffs and out of the play-in, and we're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. So again, there was hope on Monday. There was hope on Wednesday. There was hope for Friday today. There had been hope for this weekend. Now there's not. That's the thing is, if your trainers are doing their job, which I believe they are, and giving you the proper, med proper medical information and saying he'll be back this day, this day, or this day, there's been enough time to address that. Instead, they added another center in Cody Zeller, and God bless him, he's played well. But there's a glaring need, I think, elsewhere. This team is struggling. The offense is horrific. And they've really told Gabe Vincent, God bless him, it's Gabe or bust. That's a lot to put on the kid. Well, I know. And this is not a team that used to justify shit. They used to get rid of you and 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 move on, and that's because they uh, used to be able to get rid of you because they didn't wait too long because they had a point where they said, "Okay, not working or going to be overvalued. Let's move on from it." They're past that point of no return with Kyle Lowry. They're past that point of no return with Duncan Robinson. That's the problem. So, I mean, look, you know what? A new point guard, you know whose position he could take is Duncan Robinson's, who did not play in the primary rotation at all on Wednesday night clearly is not part of the rotation, but he has four more years in his contract. There are three more years, that $50 million plus. So all of a sudden, you sort of get tied in and tied up by all that. So I know all the Heat Nation is saying, nah, don't worry, expiring contract. You'll trade Kyle in the offseason. Not that easy. Duncan Robinson, now they'll find a taker. Not that easy. Well, no, that we go, if yeah. it was that easy, it would have been done by the February 9th NBA trading deadline. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's the other thing that they – they are, they are signing deals that definitely are not movable after they sign them. And that's been, that's been a really rough go for them. All right, so what's the deal with Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler has a sore knee that caused him to miss nine games. I believe I was listening to a, an internet radio show. The, oh, yeah, the Big O Show. Oh, and, guy, and Big O was talking about how when you signed an older player, you're going to have injuries and aches. It's part of all of us getting old. 
That's what's happened with Jimmy Butler. He has sore knees. Shocking for a 33-year-old NBA player who played humongous minutes at the start of his career. I hope Jimmy can push through it, but here's the problem, Big O. Each of the next three weekends, the Heat have a back-to-back. Tonight, New York, at home tomorrow against Atlanta. Both very big games. Next week, they have Cleveland on Friday at a tougher-than-you-thought Orlando team on Saturday. And in two weeks, at Chicago, at Detroit. So if you have to measure minutes for Jimmy Butler, and you have three huge back-to-backs coming up, including one late in the season at Philly and at Washington, that's the problem. That there's not enough plan Bs on this team because either the rotation didn't work out how you thought, players are underperforming, or injuries have gotten in the way. So there's been a lot put on Jimmy Butler's plate. And again, I know he's missed 15 games. It might seem abnormal, but you know what? If the Heat can only get 15 missed games from Jimmy Butler, they're probably ahead of the NBA star curve in most cases anyway. They just can't afford any more beyond that. You get 67 games from Jimmy Butler, big old, let's be honest. We talk about this in our Accurate Pembroke Pines reports. It's probably what you expected going into the season. But if he misses 16, 17, 18 games on the back back ends of those back-to-backs, you're talking playing, you're talking, hey, we might be done with this whole thing by April 15th. Tyler Hero, man. What's the deal with Tyler Hero? You know, I'm funny because I just got done writing my Sunday column on that. It's not Tyler Hero's fault, but I believe at the root cause of the heat struggles is Tyler Hero's situation. By capitulating, by kowtowing to ownership after paying him that extension and starting him, I think they've thrown everything out of whack. This team, horrific three-point shooting, we know that. But they've always had a three-point shooter in their starting lineup during the best of times, either Robinson or Struess. Tyler comes in, they don't have that. You're de-emphasizing the three-point shooting. The bench has been horrible. This is the lowest-scoring bench in the NBA, uh, rather lowest-scoring offensive net rating in the NBA, fourth-worst bench in overall net rating, because you've taken the sixth-man-of-the-year guy, moved into the starting lineup, and all of a sudden, you count on Victor Oladipo. Matthew didn't work out so well. And you count on Matthew. You keep, you keep, Matt you keep accommodating. Out. You yes. keep accommodating. And, and so again, and I understand if you're the Arisons and you're going, wait, you think this guy is worth 120 million guaranteed over four years, and you're not starting him? And I've always felt, you know, we talk about Eric Spolstra and, and your appreciation of him. I think in this case, Eric Spolstra's hands might have been tied behind his back. I'm not so sure that Tyler Hero starting was necessarily his decision. And Big O, I go back to this. In 2019, the Miami Heat drafted Tyler Hero number 13. And yet when Deion Waiters went south, instead of starting Tyler Hero, they started undrafted Kendrick Nunn. Why? Because for the greater good of the team, that's the situation that Eric Spolster preferred. I think by force-feeding Tyler into the starting lineup, through no fault of his own, the Heat have created this ripple effect down the roster. Matter of fact, if you were to ask me, Ira, what one move outside of injuries has altered the Heat dynamic from a team that went to last season's Eastern Conference Finals, I would say it's Tyler Hero in the starting lineup. You have to wonder if money talked more than strategy and common sense talked in that situation. Ah, money talks, a little struts. All right. Um, And here's the other one that I think kind of threw the team a little bit out of whack also, Caleb Martin. Uh, we they threw him into that power forward role, and that threw him out of whack. Where I loved what they did last year with him, dude. You're Jimmy Butler when Jimmy Butler's off the court. That kind of went well. He would come, Jimmy would come off the, you know, come off the court. Caleb would come off the bench. 
and replace him. Jimmy was out with an injury. Caleb kind of played that role, and he thrived in all of that. And then all of a sudden, you change his role, and you put him somewhere where it's, you know, it's not to his advantage, unfortunately. It's not his fault either now, just like the whole Tyler thing. Not his fault. You put him there in this position, and, you know, those are some of the decisions because of, I guess, whatever limitations you have on this roster you had to make, and that has completely backfired too. And they try to address that with Kevin Love, but I'm not sure addressing it with a 34-year-old player off the buyout market was necessarily optimal. Look, they were forced into that situation when P.J. Tucker left, whatever reason, whether you want to talk about luxury tax, salary cap, P.J. just simply wanting to play with James Harden. You don't know the full story there. There's a lot of tentacles to all of that. I understand that. So the Caleb Martin thing had to be a strategic thing. Eric Spolscher played it out. I got to tell you, Big O, the starting lineup still has a positive net rating, so it hasn't been a failure. My point with Tyler being is the bench has such an awful net rating that it's hurt them there. You can make the same argument with Caleb Martin. Again, you're not trying to set a lineup. You're trying to set a rotation. And sometimes it's not the five-man picture. It's the eight- or nine-man picture, and I think that's where the Heat have failed this season. I think they might have the right parts. I'm not so sure they put the right parts in the right places. Uh, Knicks are 10 games over 500. Heat are only three. Um, this is a, a much better Knicks team coming in. Uh, the point guard, it, was, it wasn't it was working out at the beginning of the season. Now the Jalen Brunson experiment has uh, has obviously worked out for the Knicks. Yeah, February Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Everyone sort of scoffed at that contract. It's proven to be a valuable contract. Give the Knicks credit. They went out. They had a need that they addressed it. You know, it's not shocking the Knicks are favored tonight. And it's going to be awful at the arena tonight with all those Knicks fans. Believe me, be thankful you're out of town, Big O, because that's not going to be a great atmosphere. And I think when you look at the situation, the Knicks are a better team. They are a more talented team. They are a deeper team. So it should not be a shock. If you're talking about the Heat getting a top six playoff seed, it's all about catching the Brooklyn Nets. You are not catching the Knicks. I know that you'd have three more games, including two at home at Miami Dade Arena against New York. But you know what? Being a basketball person and analyzing the rosters with Julius Randle playing well, with Mitchell Robinson coming back as a double-double, high-percentage offensive machine, with R.J. Barrett being at least the equivalent of a Tyler Hero, with Jalen Brunson being better than anyone that the Heat put at point guard, right now the Knicks are the more talented team, and they're the more athletic team. And that's the problem. The Heat are slow and unathletic. You get a team like Brunson and the Knicks out there running in the open court, you get in trouble also. Knicks are better. This will be a big win for the Heat. Shouldn't be expected. It's just needed. And that's the thing. Knicks tonight. Hawks on on Saturday. Hawks on Monday. Cavs on Wednesday. Cavs on Friday. It's not like, oh, the Heat are at home. It's going to solve and be a panacea. It's not. They're playing tough, tough teams. And they have to play a lot better than they have recently. What do you got going on in the Sun Sentinel leading up to this next game? You know, I posted a story this morning. I said, everyone thought, okay, we're going to evaluate our impending free agents in the playoffs. How would Max Struess stand up there? How will Gabe Vincent stand up there? Maybe even Yurt Seven coming back there or Hayward Highsmith with a team option. Well, now all of a sudden, they might have to do those evaluations now. There might not be playoffs. There might not be a playoff read on Max Struess, who was very good in last year's playoffs. There might not be a playoff read on Gabe Vincent, who was very good in last year's playoffs. There's a bunch of guys on the Heat. Instead of playing for contracts in the playoffs, they may have to p- play for them starting now. So there's a lot of pressure on guys like Struess, like Vincent, like Haywood Highsmith. 
it'll be really interesting during these final 19 games to see what they could do to maybe extend that observation period into the playoffs. So I break that all down at sunsentinel.com on your doorstep, except in Indianapolis on Saturday. By the way, Lakers aren't making the playoffs, right? If Anthony Davis is great, there is such mediocrity in the play-in level of the West that they can give themselves a puncher shot in the play-in. But I also think it's the ultimate excuse. LeBron's hurt. We would have been a great team, but this set us back. But it's just been a really sort of, you know, type of season. They've been jinxed from the get-go. Yeah, and plus Anthony Davis staying healthy down the stretch for several weeks and carrying we'll and carrying the load. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I got my money that, uh, you know, the, the, he'll be in street clothes at one point or another since that's who he is. Follow him on Twitter at Ira Heapy. Catches exceptional work there at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Catch him three times a week here on the platform. Ira, have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball and those Knicks fans. Catch you Monday on our Acura Pembroke Pines report after the games against the Knicks and the Hawks and playing Atlanta again on Monday. Talk to you then. Thanks, Big O. Thank you. That is Ira Winderman. And if you want a large selection of vehicles, you go to 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 and Pines. It is the finest dealership in the business. It's Craig Zinn's Acura Pembroke Pines. They got a large selection of new cars and a large selection of certified pre-owned vehicles. And they got a service center led by Mike Chan and Jordan Ferber that do an excellent job. So if you own or lease an Acura, great place to get it serviced at Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines.